Welcome to Challenging Expectations, a podcast documenting my own personal odyssey of reading James Joyce's Ulysses. I'm your host, Elizabeth Spitzenberger, and we will be going chapter by chapter making predictions about what is to come and analyzing how those expectations are either met or defined. I'll be pulling from my almost daily journals of my reading experience to further evaluate Joyce as an author and get to know the voices of characters Stephen Dedalus and Leopold Bloom. For our first episode, we begin with Chapter 1, Telemachus. When I told my roommate I would be reading Ulysses, she asked if I was talking about American Civil War hero and former president Ulysses S. Grant. I laughed and replied that I was actually talking about great Irish writer James Joyce's novel, but beyond that, I realized I had little information to offer her. I knew that the book was titled after the Romanized name of Odysseus, hero of Homer's The Odyssey, and that's about it. From here, my expectations for chapter one sprang forth, imagining some sort of perfect character representative for Telemachus waltzing off the page, altered perhaps only to fit the early 1900s Irish setting. I was sorely mistaken. To my surprise, none of the characters introduced in this chapter bear any detectable resemblance to any characters in the Odyssey, which, to be fair, I haven't touched since high school. Nevertheless, I was fairly bewildered by this chapter and Stephen's contemplative observation of his friends and surroundings. As a narrator, he often confusingly weaves in and out of actual narration and personal analysis. I was most intrigued by his perception of Buck Mulligan and Haynes, neither of whom he seems to particularly like. The sources of his discomfort with with these men derive seemingly from what he describes as being a servant of two masters, English and Italian. He despises Haynes' British lens through which he views the Irish, its condescending and its ethnographic nature. Similarly, Stephen has conflicting feelings about Catholicism, which Buck Mulligan stokes with his comments about Stephen's refusal to pray on his mother's deathbed. The one way in which this chapter met a few of my original expectations was with Joyce's intense focus on sea imagery, which itself is a bit reminiscent of Homer's epic. Multiple times within the chapter, Stephen focuses on somewhat graphic sensory images associated with the ocean and the death of his mother, like when the ring of bay and skyline held a dull green mass of liquid, turns into a bowl of white china that had stood behind her deathbed, holding the green sluggish bile which she had torn up from her rotting liver by fits of loud groaning and vomiting. Similarly, there are other subtle allusions to the namesake, including Trojan horse symbolism in association with Buck Mulligan, the usurper. While these possible correlations with the Odyssey are detectable, they take a back seat to the rest of the expectation-defying details of this chapter. Chapter 1 provided a great jumping-off point on which to orient my expectations for the rest of the novel. I want to continue getting to know Stephen Dedalus and his introspective voice, and I enjoy being surprised by his unannounced eyes into stream-of-consciousness inner thoughts in the middle of dialogue. Although confusing due to the lack of punctuation, when read aloud, Stephen's reflection flows quite naturally, not unlike my own tangential ideas during conversation. I hope to use this likeness to my advantage and approach the characters from an understanding perspective while exploring the novel. In chapter two, I expect more information on the circumstances of the death of Stephen's mother 
and possibly his family dynamics surrounding his overwhelming grief. This has been Challenging Expectations. Tune in next time for Chapter 2, Nestor. I'm your host, Elizabeth Spitzenberger. Thank you for listening.